You are listening to The Thriving Lawyer with Kathleen Brenner. Are you a lawyer who's feeling burnt out but you want more in life? Do you want to live a purpose-driven life that is filled with more meaning and joy? A life where you can absolutely thrive as a lawyer but not at the expense of everything else that is important to you? If you are, you've come to the right place. I'm a lawyer, a coach, a dreamer and a change maker. My mission is to help you grow and thrive, to embody your values and strengths as both a lawyer and human being, and to expand what is possible for you so you can create a more joyful, fulfilling and impactful life than you ever previously imagined possible. Hello lawyers, welcome to episode 7 of The Thriving Lawyer. So this episode is going to be a little different from some of the previous ones. If you've been a listener from the beginning of this year, you will have seen that a lot of the episodes have kind of been around 20 minutes where I've explored a particular idea in some depth. And then last week, I was really happy to publish my first interview, which I think was a cracker. So that was with Narman Kranz, who, as well as being a fellow lawyer banker with me, is also an animal lawyer and has really carved out a distinct career path for himself. So do encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But for this episode, what I thought I might do is a much shorter one. And I intend to do a few more of these. Because in addition to allowing me to show up more frequently, what I also think that they will do is really enable me to put forward some ideas and little experiments that can be really helpful to you as the listener in a really practical sense. So when I set up the podcast, what I really wanted to do was to be able to make content that really inspired you all to think differently and also for myself as I explore these ideas and try them out in my own life. I wanted to open up possibilities but also I think what I can do here is to provide some actionable ideas that can help you experiment and to see whether you can create even if it's in a really small way some tangible change in your life that makes a difference with the ultimate aim of helping you thrive. So with all of that said, let's get into it. So really the theme that I wanted to talk about today is that of workplace hygiene. Now, I'm not talking about your cleanliness at work. I'm not talking about how we interact with each other and make sure that we don't spread germs, you know, in this age of COVID. I'm using this concept of workplace hygiene in a really metaphorical sense. And it's come up because of a session that I was doing with a client really recently. Now, I know I've heard this concept somewhere. I think it was on LinkedIn. I've been searching the internet to try and find the source um, and haven't been able to find it. So if you happen to know who was the first academic or person who's raised this, let me know. Otherwise, It's certainly one that I've been thinking about. And I think it's one that has particular resonance for lawyers because as I have more and more clients, one of the biggest challenges that I see is that so often the themes of what people are struggling with really come down to not only their overall well-being or happiness and their goals and what they want to achieve or a lack of clarity around those things, 
but also really at a fundamental level about the practices and habits that we have in the way that we structure our days, the habits that do or do not support us. And, you know, I've talked a lot in my newsletters so far and in the podcast episodes that lawyers are really notorious for our work ethic and the long hours that we so often work. And I would also add into that, I think that we're well known for what are frequently really terrible work practices that actually don't support well-being and nor do they support productivity and ultimately our performance as lawyers. You know, these are things like not taking lunch breaks or for me, the one that I'm most prone to is not making that time in the morning or at lunch to go for the walk or to get that little bit of exercise in. So when I was talking to this client the other week, we were talking about the person's goals, what they wanted to achieve, but it was really interesting how the conversation came back to the very, very tangible, the very everyday about the practices that they were implementing even unconsciously. So the ones that just kind of took over their day when they weren't thinking and they started to explore what it might mean to change some of that and to be able to thrive. And we use this concept of workplace hygiene because what it did was really dramatically change the conversation. You see, previously and so often when we talk about these things, we end up talking about work-life balance or work-life integration. We talk about our goals, the things we want, but it's really easy for them to feel like they're the ideal, that they're the thing, you know, that magical unicorn that we're working towards. But when we change the conversation to this idea of workplace hygiene, something interesting happened, which was suddenly those things were no longer ideals, but rather essentially minimum standards because our hygiene standards are things that we just do. And we've probably shifted those since the age of COVID in a literal sense. We've become increasingly aware of it. We've undertaken different behaviors all for a good cause to prevent the spread of the pandemic. Now, if we apply that kind of thinking in terms of our work and life practices, suddenly the steps that we take or that we feel that we want to take, even that we should take, and I'm a little wary of the word should, but I think it could work here. It's a completely different story because instead of being those ideals, it's back to that fundamental thing where, or idea, that these are basic standards. They're things that we need to have in place that are non-negotiable in order to really thrive, to make those improvements, to be able to improve our performance, even if it's in tiny little incremental bits to feel happier or more satisfied in our work and lives because we know that we have a plan. So what was interesting about this discussion that I had was that we were able to then really work on some minimum steps and basic hygiene standards that the person was going to put in place and then work on really tangible ways of making sure that they had the best chance possible of implementing those. 
And so after that conversation, it's really got me thinking about my own minimum workplace hygiene standards. And they think, include things like, in the context of my lawyering, ensuring that short of some emergency where legal advice is actually urgently required in the next two hours that crosses my lunch because a senior leader or senior client genuinely needs that legal advice, of course I'm going to absolutely deliver then. But then short of that kind of unavoidable thing, then I'm going to take at least 30 minutes for lunch and make sure that I'm away from my desk and screen. And that's because that I know that I'll come back to my desk, I'll have had that break, I'll have enjoyed whether it's the sunshine for a few minutes or a nice lunch away from screens and I'm going to be much more productive um, and focused as I settle into my work for the afternoon. So that's one example and you know with that you'll see that I've also acknowledged that maybe it won't happen because there will be those occasional times when something's required and it's generally not possible but even then it's possible for me to plan around that. So it might very well be that I think, well, okay, if that happens, well, then what am I going to do from two to three o'clock or, or immediately after? Can I take it even 15 minutes? Is that my minimum possible after giving that advice? Or can I take my 30 minute late lunch afterwards to recover? Um, but it's about knowing what's the basic um, standards so that short of that situation coming up, I know that that's the commitment that I've made to myself and then I'm able to plan for it. Another example that I think of my own workplace hygiene which has been really helpful to me and I have been successful at implementing this since the pandemic. Now I've been working primarily remotely since the pandemic and continue to do so and it's changed my life in a whole lot of ways for the better. But one thing that I have had to do, and I hear this a lot from other people who have remote work as at least part of their life, is that I work at my desk in my separate study, which I completely acknowledged I'm privileged to have. And when I walk through that study door in the morning or after lunch, it signals that I'm in a work, that I'm in work mode. I'm not in home mode, I'm in complete work mode and I'm focused. But at the end of the day, likewise, I make a commitment to myself that when I shut the laptop, then I walk out the door, well, that means the end of my workday. And what that has done is allowed me to avoid that constant need to check my emails or my phone to see if any messages have come through. And so for me, that's really important kind of workplace hygiene standard to be able to maintain that separation between work and the rest of my life. So that's the little concept. So what I would encourage you to do is to ask yourself some questions. Now I'm going to list these in the show notes um, and I'm also going to share them around on social media in case that's easier for you. But some of the th questions that I suggest that you look at include, well, the first question, what does work-life hygiene look like for you? Do you, can you identify an ideal day and what having those hygiene practices would look like for you? And if you were to just take one step this week or month to increase your work-life hygiene, that would have the most impact? Well, what would that step be? And then there's one about thinking about the value of it. 
And that is, well, what would become possible for you if you were to really focus on that step this month? How would you know if you were successful? It's really important to ask that because that's really about measurement. We need to have a standard that we can compare ourselves against or a vision of what success looks like. The next one, well, what are the key obstacles in your way and how can you address them? And what implementation intention could you set up? Now, these implementation intentions are little techniques um, that have come up in behavioural science around how we can address those obstacles when they arise. And essentially what it is, is an intention that when something happens, say when X happens, you will do Y. So a good example that is often used in kind of fitness circles is that if I wake up in the morning and don't want to go for a walk or to the gym, I will remind myself of the benefits and jump out of bed having had my gym clothes ready or something like that. So basically, if I think X or X comes up, I will do Y. It might be for you that if you feel compelled to say not have lunch at work because you've got a lot on, that you'll remind yourself of the benefits of taking that break and that you'll get through your work faster when you come back. Another question that might be useful is, what beliefs do you hold that might be setting you back and preventing you from really achieving implementing this standard? Now, an example of that might be that you believe that productive workers just work through the day and they don't take lunch breaks. Or the belief might be that your colleagues will think you're lazy if you take even a 30 minute lunch break. Uh, surprisingly, these things are quite common. Um, when I've done my coaching with lawyers, you do hear those kind of things every now and then, and it never ceases to surprise me in a way. So look, there are a few questions. It's a little shorter podcast. Um, I'd really encourage you to think about what work-life hygiene looks for you and to think about just what one step might be. I'd love to hear from you about what your one step looks like and get your feedback. Till next time, lawyers, keep well and thrive.